Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Jordan Luke Gage. My name is Francis Mewi McCann, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. They're the killer West End stars of hit new musical Bonnie and Clyde that are about to take London's theatre scene by storm. After 10 years of waiting, this Frank Wildhorn, Don Black and Ivan Menchel musical has made its much-awaited debut on this side of the pond, over 10 years since its historic Broadway debut, fronted then by Jeremy Jordan and Laura Osnes. With new faces and a whole new take on this cult classic musical, it's a history lesson set to music in this rather impressive show, one that comes direct from its sellout concert version at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane earlier this year. So here, in an exclusive conversation just a heartbeat before it began performances, the original West End stars of Bonnie and Clyde reveal what it's been like finally bringing this iconic pair to the London stage making magic with a legendary set of creatives and why history romanticises this tale of lovers, yet the reality was something different. Plus they talk signature songs, a riffing session, selling out Drury Lane and, of course, Jeremy Jordan. It's the incredible talents of Francis Maley McCann and Jordan Luke Gage here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Francis Jordan and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please help me welcome to this, the next episode of Eleven. They're the West End's new favourite dream team, good or bad? Well, I'll let you decide that one. First up, hi, John Lee Gage. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Would you mind introducing me to that lovely lady sat opposite you? Yes, this is the lovely Frances Maley McCann, and she's playing Bonnie in Bonnie and Clyde the Musical. Hello. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm very much looking forward to it. And we've got lots of very exciting things to talk about because finally, after what feels like a lifetime of waiting, Bonnie and Clyde is finally coming to the West End. I mean, Jordan, the hat feels very appropriate for today. This is obviously a podcast. Yeah, we did just do a little like period photo shoot. So we were told to dress in the era. So that's why I'm wearing my little flat cap. Um, But yeah, it's it's, it's really exciting. We're, We're in the middle of rehearsals at the moment. So we're just 
really kind of getting stuck into that yeah. whole world and the characters. So it's a lot of fun. Before we talk specifically about the West End run, Frankie, I just want to talk to you about Drury Lane. I mean, so many congratulations. It was absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I think for anybody that was lucky enough, because I know a lot of people couldn't get tickets, just to be part of that moment and that experience as an audience member felt very special. A little bit of time has passed since that happened. Have you had the opportunity to take it all in and I guess just realise what you went through? Because it was epic. It was so special. Like I still talk to some of the guys that I did it with and we all just have the same feeling of how incredibly special it was to be a part of. It was just so sad that it was over so fast. Like all this momentum, the week rehearsal, two shows and then it was done yeah. but luckily I have the West End run to look forward to exactly and you were Frankie t- tells me that she was well you were kind of thrown into the deep end right like you didn't have the longest rehearsal period oh no and... we had five days yeah that's we had three <laughs> so I just honestly I still can't believe how we put that together in such a short space of time do you think doing Drury Lane has made you feel a little bit more comfortable about doing it in the West End or do you feel like this is an entirely different beast altogether similar I feel like now that we've got the time and the opportunity to you know look at it more closely we've just went more in depth and added layers to it yeah so I think if you've seen the concert come see the West End and it's just going to be you know another thrill to come see yeah (laughs) and we've got a great new cast and with the arts obviously being much smaller than the Drury Lane it just feels nice to be doing it in a much more intimate venue and I think I would meet an end like Bonnie and Clyde did if I didn't ask you very quickly about working with Jeremy. Was it just everything that you and I spoke about, which was lots of fun, but also very exciting? Oh, it was so exciting. He was so lovely. I mean, he did it before, but like 10 years ago. Yeah, it was comforting that he knew it and could kind of guide me. But at the same time, we were both like rabbit in headlights because we didn't know what scene was next and where our next entrance was. But, um, you know, everyone was in the same boat. But yeah, he was just really kind and lovely to work with and, and just a huge talent, just amazing to be able to share the stage and watch him. So from Jeremy Jordan to Jordan Luke Gage, I feel like this was done deliberately. I feel like this was very <laughs> yeah. Jordan is definitely the name of the game. I feel like you need to have the, the name Jordan somewhere in your name to play the character. <laughs> Yeah, I saw lots of people online making that comparison. I was like, no, I don't actually think it's a real thing. I think it's just Jordan's really super talented. It just happens to be. Right, just a coincidence, hopefully, yeah. Unbelievably exciting that Bonnie and Clyde is actually coming to the West End. And I think the idea was sort of spoken about such a long time ago and it never quite happened. And now it feels like now's the right time for it to happen. So Jordan, for you, was this a role that you always wanted to play? Or was this one that came onto your radar quite recently? Yeah, it's interesting. It did quite recently come onto my radar. I've always known the show. And when I was in drama school, for instance, people would always sing the material. So I I knew the show, but I think I just kind of in my head never thought that it would come over here. I thought it was just more of an American show that would maybe be revived over there. And I, I wasn't sure what the audience over here would be like, because obviously these are two really famous American criminals and we don't learn about it in school over here or anything like that. It's not a lot of people here still don't really know who Bonnie and Clyde are. And even now when I've told people that I'm doing the show, they're like, oh, cool, Bonnie and Clyde, were they like two actors? So it's, it's interesting. A lot of people are, are going to be learning about their lives through coming to the show. So um, I did know the show, but the part has only 
quite recently come on my radar, but God, I'm thrilled to be able to do it, yeah. Frankie, how familiar were you to the historical part of the show? When you get to perform it, you of course go on an educational piece and it's very, very similar. I know speaking to some of the creatives, they really have sort of towed the line of making it factually correct and also debunking some of the myths that we think we know about them that actually categorically aren't true. So I guess how much and how familiar were you with this story before you took it on? I had a good idea of who they were because you know, they're still referenced in culture today. Everyone, like not everyone, but you know what Bonnie and Clyde stands for, but who they actually were and what their life and journey was, I wasn't too familiar with. So doing the research behind it was really interesting to find that she w- wanted to be a famous actress, but was also a really gifted poet. And, you know, I like to believe that had she not fallen in love with Clyde and fallen down that path, she would have actually realized her dreams and made them come true Mm -hmm. but there's just so much to find out about them like we're still constantly doing our research and learning new things every day so the writer Ivan gave us both a book and it's written from the point of view of Clyde's sister and Bonnie's mum and it's just it's really interesting to hear from the people that knew them the best Mm -hmm. but also feel like they're quite biased as well like yeah you feel quite naive like you're always going to see the best in your your family members so but it is yeah like you said like it's interesting to get that side of it as well rather than just seeing them as these corrupt criminals but seeing them as people who actually like did have hearts yeah like from when they were younger and when they grew up like they weren't Mm -hmm. always bad people absolutely I think one of the genius parts of this script actually is that you sort of romanticize them together and I think history does that and time between them being alive and now does that but also you see that they're a victim of circumstance you know the great depression it was a really difficult time for them and I sort of feel like they did the best with what they could it's not excusing what they did at all but they're a victim of the circumstance and opportunity particularly Clyde and that he you know the sort of sexual abuse that he faced that sort of triggers it all I mean it's it's really interesting I can imagine as creatives Jordan to to have such sort of juicy meaty material to really get stuck into the most exciting thing about playing these characters is there are so many layers to them they do do evil things in their lives and they are quite dark but also you have to kind of be able to relate to characters like this in order to portray them in the best light I think if you if you dislike a a character that you're playing then you're not going to show that character in the best Mm. light so through doing the research I think we've kind of discovered that yeah they were human beings and they did have their own struggles they both didn't have the best upbringings in life Clyde grew up living underneath um, the viaduct which was like the motorway in America in in a tent and uh, he was literally from the lowest form of poverty Mm. that you could that you could imagine so for him it was like desperation he just wanted to make a name for himself in some way and unfortunately he just got wrapped up in this crazy like spiral of of crimes and Mm. they just got worse and worse and worse and I think that yeah there is kind of like a level of of empathy and feeling sorry for these characters Mm. despite the fact that they did do these terrible things so yeah it's interesting finding yourself and also to remember that they were so young they were like Mm. 20s very early 20s and living in the Great Depression, they wanted to make their own fun. Yes, they, you know, took it a bit far, got a bit carried away, mm-hmm. but there was nothing else to do. You've got to make the most of what you've got and made their own rules. And I guess that's why they were like celebrities at yeah. the time, because they were entertaining. There was nothing else to entertain the public and they kind of 
just fell in love with this duo, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Frankie, is it fun when you get to lean into some of those slightly darker moments, particularly when she sort of takes hold of him and says, actually, I've got an idea as to how this should go, because there is that wonderful character arc that she gets of being really resistant to what he wants to do, but then almost realizing that it's getting and giving her the fame that she desires, particularly in some of the sort of the bank holdups. Is it fun Mm -hmm. to get the opportunity to sort of lean, I guess, into that darker side and say, this is perhaps not the usual character (laughs) I play, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah, she's got such a great journey through the show. Like she starts off as this really sweet and humble girl that works in a diner and then she meets Clyde and then for a part of the story she just has this real struggle with herself that she loves him so much that she wants to be with him but this isn't what she wants in life you know she doesn't want to be a criminal and then eventually love takes hold and she goes down that path with him so it's really nice to follow through that journey and then to end as a really strong and powerful woman. And in this time, you know, women weren't known for being criminals and being on the run, bank holdups, all the rest of it, which is also what made her so popular mm-hmm. because it was amazing to see a woman in this role, even as a criminal, but she was mm-hmm. glamorous and right. yeah, they did look up to her. And I think it's interesting seeing the message really does show how like love is the most powerful thing of all because when you see Bonnie from the beginning of the show mm. and kind of how ambitious, but also she's quite meek and she's she's well-behaved, she's a good girl. And then she kind of gets swept into this crazy lifestyle. And the fact that she does go on such a journey and changes herself mm. so much purely because she is so madly in love with this guy, uh, it, it, the message is really how powerful yeah. like love can be and how love can take over anything that happens in your life, I think, yeah. I don't think it's spoiling it to say that they do meet a quite a difficult end. I don't think that's anyone's gonna come see the show thinking, oh, I wonder how this ends. But I do think one of the most powerful moments that I find I found when I came to see the Drury Lane production was sort of the relationship between the two brothers and subsequently the wives and particularly sort of the reprise and then into when Natalie's mourning the loss of, of her husband. It was really, you sort of really understood why she stood by them, even though they knew it was wrong. And I think that's a an interesting concept, an interesting emotion that I don't think we necessarily see portrayed all that often on stage. It's almost very good and bad. And Jordan, I can imagine that's an interesting, it's an interesting line to tread as an actor because you don't want to glorify death, but you also don't want people to hate them. Right, exactly. And I think the thing that Bonnie and Clyde wanted more than anything was to be remembered. And that's why we have these songs, This World Will Remember Us is because they the, the, their biggest fear was just being forgotten because the people that they grew up around in these small towns, they just lived their lives. Clyde's father just was a farmer plowing fields and everybody else was just kind of happy to settle and get by and just not be remembered. But for them, that's like the most terrifying thing. So um, I think that's really something that's exciting to, to kind of explore in these characters. And also, like you said, the relationships between... Clyde and his brother Buck they're both very different but they both have committed quite terrible crimes Buck's the older brother but he's much meeker than Clyde and he kind of follows in Clyde's in Clyde's footsteps so it's really exciting exploring that dynamic with George and and kind of finding our relationship in in these rehearsals having a lot of fun with that (laughs) and you obviously with Blanche you have yeah we've got a funny relationship (laughs) we on on stage, that's funny, but off stage, me and Natalie got on so well. It's yeah. really, I'm really excited that she's come back to do it. But it's really fun 
playing opposite her in the mm-hmm. show and just that tension that we have yeah it's hard yeah. like to keep a straight face while we do it <laughs> yeah. this is an original production for the west end this is the first time that we've had the opportunity and pleasure of having this show here jordan do you think that your time originating in and juliet has helped you go on this process of being able to create a character from the ground up because i guess when you come into a show that's established there are a lot of structures already there but this is original this is you guys you're going to sort of create a blueprint for however long and however successful this production will be yeah it's interesting being creative in the rehearsal room is something that I always have found that I just kind of gravitate towards. I, I've never done a show that has been already set up. So like even when I did Bat Out of Hell, that was still a really creative experience from the rehearsal room. And in, when we did Heathers, we kind of found our own versions of these characters. So I've never gone into like a one of these machine shows, as it were, that, that have been running and you kind of are told where you stand and what you how to deliver these lines. So I've been quite lucky in the work that I've done that I've always been able to create in some way. So it's something that I feel comfortable with. And this experience is no different. Working with Nick Winston, the director, he's super collaborative and he asks us constantly how things feel or if we have suggestions. And it's just so much more fun creating something that way. And it feels more organic if it's a combined um kind of decision on, on on how the scenes will play out um so yeah I think doing originating Romeo that's kind of it kind of gave me the confidence to take into other projects that to try to trust my instincts and, and to not be afraid to say if I feel something would be better in a in a different way I, I kind of yeah I guess it's kind of made me a bit more like ballsy as yeah. well in the rehearsal room yeah working with Nick is so great because he's he's clear on what he wants but also gives us the actors the freedom and the space to you know follow our instincts and chip in Mm -hmm. so it's yeah like you say it's a really collaborative space and it's a really nice room to be in yeah it really is it really is he really does take into consideration everyone even Mm -hmm. the people that are sitting maybe not even in the scenes but the ensemble members or people that the the swings like he'll ask people how things felt if there's if there's things that could improve make it better make it read better so yeah, it's really great mm. to work with somebody like that. Yeah. Frankie, just the same extent to some of the other creatives, Don and Frank and Ivan, when it came to Drury Lane and even now getting to put your stamp on it, because I know before you said you wanted to pay homage to what people knew with Laura, but also to find you in the role. And if I can be bold to say that that opportunity doesn't really come along all that often. So to get the chance to do it, I mean, incredible. Yeah, this show is a dream in that sense that yes, there's a cast album and Frank has written this amazing score, but he said, okay, this is what's written, now make it your own. So we actually had, one of our first days of rehearsals was just Mm -hmm. going through the songs that we sang and making them our own. Like, Mm -hmm. do you want to take this note up? Do you want to add a riff here? And when do you ever get to do that in a musical? Yeah, we had like a four hour session of, which and was called the riffing yeah. session where they were like what riffs should we do let's try and different we just play about it was so much fun so yeah we really get yeah. to put our own stamp on it and make it our own for sure and even in the auditions actually I found that when I was auditioning for it Katie our musical supervisor she would say by the way just make the songs your own do whatever you want with them and that's something that you're normally always told the opposite in auditions it's very follow the book and sing the notes as they're written so from that moment, I kind of realized, oh, wow, this is going to be a real yeah. collaborative experience. 
Um, and it has been just that. Yeah. Frankie, I remember tweeting out a photograph of the conversation that we had on my social media. You know, obviously very proud of the fact that we got to sort of talk and celebrate the show at Drury Lane. And I got a lot of messages back from people. I think you interacted with some of them from young Asian girls just saying how represented they felt and how much of a moment this was. And, and I feel like sometimes we can be quite humble in these situations, but actually to think what it means to those young girls looking up to the stage to see someone that that looks like them, that shows them that things are possible. I guess from Drury Lane and now moving forward to a full West End run. How important is that to you? It's so incredibly important. You know, when I heard the soundtrack to this show and, you know, first heard about this musical, I loved it, but it was never in my, you know, it was never a dream of mine to play the role because I thought it's not in my casting. She was a real person, like it's not for me. So when that opportunity came around for weeks, and even now I'm still like, really? Me? I get to play this role. I get to do this. And it's just, it's so amazing then to see the young bodies come out, you know, giving them this opportunity. And it's just, it is really amazing. It followed through all the way to like uh, Gracie, who's playing Bonnie's mom. It's just really nice to have that mm. representation on stage in this show because it's set back in the 20s and 30s. And, you know, you wouldn't see many people like us, I imagine, in West Alice. So the fact that, you know, we've kind of over, not overlooked it, but it's not staying true to what the people of that time would really look like is amazing. We, we get to open it up and diversify. Absolutely. So how sad that you even, that you never saw yourself being no, able yeah. to play this role because like, you're such an unbelievable talent and it would, to, to everybody else, it would be a no-brainer that you would be cast in this mm -hmm. part. So like that is testament to kind of how the industry is evolving and yeah. be becoming so much better that that these things aren't even taken into consideration when people are casting which it shouldn't be there's no reason anybody should be able to play the character like regardless of their regardless of their sexuality or their race yeah, like, well, there's no reference to it in the show right exactly so yeah so why not Frankie, do you think from your experience in the industry, do you think things are changing? I know it's a big question, but I guess from someone that's on the ground that's seeing friends and colleagues getting cast in shows, are things moving forward as we would hope? They are. Not at the pace we would like, but things are definitely changing. Um, we're seeing more representation in shows that are being announced. It's just, I don't know what it is, people needing to take the leap of faith and just really stir things up. So I would say, yes, they're heading in the right direction. It's just slow. Mm. Do you agree? Yeah, I guess I, I know what you mean. Like when you look at maybe five years ago, it has come on a lot oh, since yeah. then, but it, they're still, it still could be better. And I think when you see things like the casting of Legally Blonde and stuff like that, that that's so brilliant yeah. to see how diverse those casts are. And even being in Anne Juliet, like it's such, it's such a great diverse cast, Bonnie and Clyde, so diverse. So I think you're right, it is, it is getting there, but there is still a way to go. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, Jordan, as much as the hat is an iconic part of this role, also the vest is as well. How are you feeling about this summer being vest season? <laughs> 
I've got oh. the vest on now as well. <laughs> yeah, um, the costumes are insane. Actually, mm-hmm. we had a, we had we tried some costumes on the other day, and it's always exciting because it, you really feel like you're getting into the characters when you when you try them. When we had a shoot in, yeah. in different kind of clothes, my worker wear like the vest and the oversized trousers, that kind of thing. So I'm really excited to get into these costumes. I've also never done a period piece before, so like everything I've done has been kind of set in modern day and I've been in very almost like rocky clothes like leather jackets that kind of thing so I'm excited to get more into the tweed blazers (laughs) it does change you doesn't it like it It helps you get into the character because the costumes are just so far away from what we would wear day to day Mm -hmm. so it does it it helps you transform yeah yeah for sure Frankie talk to me about the fans that are supporting the show because I mean if you just look purely based on how many tickets have been sold I mean they are supporting this show so much I mean absolutely dedicated and it's constantly on my social media sort of feeds on whatever platform it might be it's even started to creep into my TikTok as well I was like you guys are just like really 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 into this which obviously is so exciting that they have something to love and support and I can imagine for you I know they're fans from all the different projects that that you've both done Frankie is it does it mean a lot to have that support in the various different sort of roles and things that you take on yeah absolutely I think especially for this because it's never been done here and mm. it's a brand new piece. So to know that there's people that are already on our side and rooting for us that can't wait to see it, it's really exciting. Like that it makes me excited to perform it for them. Even though we've not finished rehearsals, we don't know what this, you know, whole show is yet. But knowing that there's already a fan base and an audience for it is really exciting. And I think because the soundtrack that's, you know, been out for what, 10 years now is so iconic. And everyone's loved listening to it. It's like, okay, now is the time we want to actually see it performed on stage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure. yeah, everyone has that to look forward to as well. And I feel like I'm going to sort of make things 10 times worse by saying this, Jordan, but these songs really are iconic, like signature songs. It's a massive sing for you, right? It is. It's a, it's a big sing, but like these songs just... I, I was asked the other day what my favourite song is, and I can't pick one because they are all so fantastic. I love doing the duets, the duets that I do with Francis and also with George. They're some of my favourite ones. They just, I also love how the music encompasses so many different genres. Like there are some songs that feel really country. There are some songs that are more rocky, like more gospel songs. So um, just being given the opportunity to sing this soundtrack is insane. And like the fact that Jeremy Jordan is the only other person that's done these songs before and he's like an inspiration to me as well growing up um wanting to be a musical theater performer so um it feels a bit surreal to be kind of like taking the reins from him now in this production so yeah, I'm really excited to see mm-hmm. it. Frankie, I think I owe you a little bit of an apology because the last time that we spoke, I said to you that my favourite song in the show was Dying Ain't So Bad. I was like, cliche answer. But having seen that Drury Lane production, I'm going to change my mind. So I hope that's okay. Because I do think that You Love Who You Love was my favourite song. Like, it's so freaking good. I mean, it's literally, I was like, which one would I be? Would I be her? <laughs> like, it's so good. And it's like this perfect musical theatre duet of it just... You both get your own little moments. It's beautiful together. Also lyrically, like really cutting, like so beautiful. I can imagine for you, it's it's sort of a gem among gems. It's so funny That's because <laughs> a lot of people have said that since the concert. But Natalie and I, when it comes to the song, we're like, okay, brace yourself. It kind of terrifies us a little bit. Yeah, I asked you the other day <laughs> and they both said, that's the moment in the show that scares them the yeah. most. That like... I think because we're separate, 
and we're singing this together so it's hard we are not side by side looking at each other singing you're just on your own out there hope for the best uh-huh. <laughs> but also like she's singing it you know the setup to that song is rejection from her mother of like don't you dare think that you're better than what me and your father had and 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 I, that's quite a difficult positioning i think an emotion to go into a song because it's rejection from your own mother yeah it's pretty heartbreaking that scene with bonnie's mum into that song and then you've got to fight the emotion through the song because it, with songs like that it's so easy to fall into a ballad and you know go with the music and make it sound lovely but that is not the intention behind it at all mm. so it's quite nice to have that fire and the passion behind it to drive through and it's amazing to watch let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> okay my last couple of questions because you've been very kind with your time in terms of audiences coming to see the show and what you want them to take i think everyone's coming to bonnie and clive for a different reason there's the songs there's the story there's the opportunity to see you guys back together on stage this opportunity just to be in a live theatre, which right now feels like a luxury. I guess individually for you both, Bonnie and Clyde, it's opening night. What's the one thing you hope that audiences take from seeing the show at the Arts Theatre? I hope they fall in love with them. Yeah, I agree, actually. I hope they, they root can, for them. I hope they root for them and they empathise with yeah. them and kind of maybe leave understanding slightly why they did the things they did. Yeah. Even though that doesn't excuse the things they yeah, did. Yeah, despite them being criminals. You, you want to fall in love with these characters and I think you do. I think you do as well. Yeah. And ultimately I feel like the public love a story about two young people standing up against the system and that's kind of why they were so celebrated at the time when they were on the run. They were in the newspapers as celebrities and people would dress like Bonnie and people like idolised them even though they were killing police officers and doing awful things but because they were kind of fighting against oppression and, and the system that they grew up with, that's why they became so loved. So I guess it's kind of, we want the audience to understand their legacy and why why they were so adored at the time, yeah. So hopefully they do them justice. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> I think you will. It's an amazing, 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 exciting time for us in the West End. So thank you so much for your time. Good luck with all of this. I'm very excited thank to see it. So and just get ready for the madness, because I think I think this one's going to rock. I think it's going to be wild. Oh, yeah, we're excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Will. You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.